podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Yo, 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 what's going on, beautiful people? You're now locked into the Disunomics podcast. I hope you've had a great week so far. Do you know what I'm saying? We're back, we're back, we're back. We're back better than ever. Do you get what I'm saying? Anyway, very, very importantly, yeah? Make sure you check out last week's episode. There's been a lot of chatter regarding, of course, the Palestine conflict in Gaza between Israel and the Palestinian people with a hint of Israel versus Hamas. So you kind of, (laughs) from that statement, you should probably know how I feel about what's going on. So what I did was provide a context to the conflict, right? It's very difficult to understand geopolitics and moves made by the players in the region without the context. So you want to know how Israel became a state, the demographical makeup of people in Palestine before um, Israel, how Israel was formed, um, and the actions of peacemaking and non-peacemaking between both sides from 1948 up until now is super important. You really can understand why you're seeing actions from both sides. Do you get what I'm saying? So make sure you check that pod out. It will give you so much information that going forward, every time you hear something, you can kind of apply the context to that. Do you get what I'm saying? Now, this week, well, I intended to do a breakdown on Benjamin Yahuda, Israeli Prime Minister, his government, um, his philosophy, all that type of stuff for people to understand that. But the actions of this week had to take precedent. Armistice, Armistice Day... Remembrance Day on Saturday, November the 11th was marred by crazy far-right football hooliganess, whites protesting males. And this was ignited by the ridiculous commentary from the Home Secretary, now former Home Secretary, Suala Braverman, who has now been sacked. Hallelujah, amen. So we're going to talk about who Suala Braverman is, how she's been as Home Secretary, and why her actions were akin to what Donald Trump did in the insurrection of the Capitol on uh, January the 6th, I believe, 2021. Yeah, and we're going to talk about what happened on Saturday and how it shows media bias, so on and so forth. And of course, on Swala getting bland. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, let's get bracken. Suela Deville. Suela Braverman, the controversial highly controversial Home Secretary, has been sacked <laughs> for the second time in just over a year as Home Secretary, right? But before we get into uh, the sacking, her actions, and of course, what you're probably all here to talk here to hear about, sorry, the Saturday the 11th clashes between the uh, far-right counter-protesters and the police, and then the attempted clashes with the Palestine peace protesters... It's only right we start off with who is she? So I'm not sure anyone remembered who both were. Who is she? Who is she? That's what I was thinking when I wrote this title. Who is Suella Braverman? Well, her actual name is Suellen. Suellen Casina Braverman is a 43-year-old politician, MP, and barrister, right? She was the Home Secretary, right? She was also a Home Secretary under previous Prime Minister who lasted 38 days. Uh, Bliss Trust. She was chair of the European Research Group from 2017 to 2018. And she was also the Attorney General 
for Igla the Wells as well. So she's actually a quite decorated politician and barrister. She's been an MP since 2015 general election and she stood as a candidate when Boris, John, Boris Johnson got panned. So she was like, yeah, I could be the leader. She was, she's been the darling of the far right. So not, well, maybe not say far right, but the right of the Conservative Party. But she only made it to the second round of the leadership elections, which ended up with Rishi and Liz Truss at the end. Rishi won leadership connection, um, the initial leadership contest very convincingly, but went to a vote of the Conservative people, which 60% stupidly voted for Liz Truss. She's actually not too far from my neck, my former neck of the woods. She was born in Harrow and she was raised in Wembley, so a North West girl. But she's of Indian heritage. She is a staunch Brexiteer. So she's kind of symbolises the Brexit, the hard Brexit right of the party. She's a big favourite of the Tory right. Her mum actually, although she, oh, her mum worked for the NHS as a nurse, but her mum was also a Conservative councillor. So you can kind of understand how Suella kind of got into politics. Her mum did try to run to get into Parliament, but she wasn't able to make it. Suella was fortunate enough to go to private school in outer London. And she married a gentleman by the name of Riyad Braverman. He was a manager of Mercedes-Benz in 2018. And he describes, well, Suella describes her husband as a proud Jew and Zionist. So you kind of understand her angle. with regards to be strongly against the peaceful protests. What's kind of ironic about this is that in the speech she was making in 2019, she used a term to this, which was a cultural Marxism, which got backlash from Jewish groups because of this term cultural Marxism and its association with a far-right conspiracy theory which has anti-Semitism in it which is a bit of a stretch, uh, but I don't think she was trying to be anti-Semitic, but she rightly got panned. I won't say rightly, but she definitely got panned by Jewish groups. So it's interesting that... Anyway, do you know what I'm saying? So, we're going to talk about some of her misdemeanors. Do you know what I'm saying? So, I'm going to start with some of the stuff that Suella Bravman has said is insane, right? Political analysts, people in the know, have described her as a woman who would say what some of the things her colleagues would only ever dream of saying in private. In fact, she often says some things that her colleagues won't even say in private. And there's been several occasions when she has made comments in the public that her colleagues, in terms of ministers, not even just MPs, ministers, cabinet ministers, have distanced themselves from because they're like, oh my, Hey, listen. Hey, I wouldn't have said that. Do you get what I'm saying? So, imagine at the Tory conference, she once said, at an annual gathering of members and journalists, that net migration should be cut to tens of thousands, and prompt, that prompted laughter from MPs by telling the House of Commons, the Guardian reading, Tofu Eaton, Wokarati were to blame for the destructive protests against her. All right? She was also filmed saying it was her dream, and that's a quote, dream, to watch asylum seekers being deported to Rwanda, 
which was a key plan of the government to cut immigration. Remember, they signed a deal with Rwanda to deport migrants to Rwanda, which many people said was illegal. Do you get what I'm saying? Well, they're like, F it, we're going to do it anyway. So she did. She was then called, she was then forced to resign by Liz Truss only weeks into her post after foolishly sending an official document from her personal email to a fellow MP. This is a highly, this is a big security risk because obviously you can't track certain things and you don't know who could be hacking these servers, so on and so forth. So this was a serious breach of the ministerial code and she got fired, making her the shortest serving Home Secretary since 1834. <laughs> In over a years almost. The shortest serving Home Secretary. But even her best of friends couldn't predict that once Rishi regained the reins of Prime Minister, finally, a year later, not a year later, maybe a few a few months later, after Liz Truss got panned, that she'll be back in business. He announced that as his Home Secretary, and many people thought this made a week because he knew that she was going to be a key opponent to his reign in number 10. So maybe this was his way of appeasing the Brexiteers. But many people said it was a bad move. And they were right, because she's caused nothing but mayhem ever since. She recently said homelessness is a lifestyle choice for some, which the Prime Minister, of course, and several key Tory officials distanced themselves from her comments. Last year, she said that there was an invasion of immigrants. Her deputy at the time, Robert Jenrick, couldn't even repeat that. Last month, she spoke of a hurricane of migrants coming. And the way she just spoke about immigrants made them seem less than human, which, of course, draws criticism from many people. And I remember I tweeted, yeah, this on September the, the, the 6th, which is 2022, which is my, my birthday last year. When everybody found out that Priti Patel was no longer be Home Secretary, loads of people were rejoicing because of how divisive, destructive and terrible Priti Patel was. But when I saw uh, Rishi Sunak announce Suella Braffman has these Home Secretary, I quote tweeted and I said, if you lot were happy that Preeti Patel left, you have another thing coming because you don't even know what type of time Suella Braverman is on fam. And lo and behold, she's turned it. Now let's get on to the meats and bones of this podcast. What happened on Saturday the 11th of November? Armistice Day. Met Police had to arrest 145 people on Saturday. The vast majority of these people were the counter-protesters and nine police officers were injured. So let me tell you to what happened throughout the week. Yeah. So there's been a high level of hysteria regarding the peaceful pro-Palestine peace march that was going to occur on Saturday the 11th. Now... People who, in my opinion, were invested in a pro-Israeli government stance. So the Conservative Party, Rishi, 
as well as um Suella. And I think did um did Kirstama say anything about the marches? I can't quite remember. I should have done my research on that. But they wanted to distract from the fact that hundreds of thousands, if not a million people, were coming out to the streets of London to protest against the bombardment of Palestine, of Gaza, sorry, which is Palestine, to be fair. Innocent people dying and wanting a ceasefire so innocent people can't die and their humanitarian aid to people who need it. Obviously, a ceasefire is against the Western world government status quo, including our own governments. So there, there is equity in being against these protests going ahead on this Saturday, Liverpool of November. And I believe Armistice Day, which is Remembrance Day, uh, remembering the fallen soldiers of the World War One, if I can remember correctly, where people wear poppies and so on and so forth, and then there um, like arrangements being made at the centre path to honour those who fought on behalf of the United Kingdom. Use this as an angle. So like, it's disrespectful to have these marches on this day. It's disrespectful. These people have these marches in it go ahead. Rishi said, issued that sentiment. But Suella went a step further, right? What Suella did was criticise the police. Right? She criticised the police. She said the police were allowing hate marches to go ahead and they were being biased in allowing this to happen. Now, this is insane because the police, the Met Police is an independent entity, is not a part of the government. Obviously, the government has like overall arching angles in terms of like policy and stuff like that in terms of lawmaking. But the police is independent. And what the Met police said, and I watched this myself on Sky News, was they can't just stop a protest from happening. For them to try to prevent a protest from happening, there will have to be a serious risk of public disorder. And they said, and I quote, a very, very high threshold for that was not met by the Saturday protest. Which makes perfect sense because every pro-Palestinian peace ceasefire protest that had occurred up until that point had not shown signs of serious public disorder whatsoever. Whatsoever. There's been talks of some people saying offensive things and the police have been off those people but that's likely to happen when you have hundreds of thousands of people there's going to be the few idiots, as we see in football games, concerts, Glastonbury, carnival, even your average night out at the club. When there's a large gathering of people, there is a chance that a minority, a small, minuscule amount of people will act in a disorderly manner. It's just the law of averages. So Suella's Braverman's comments were seen as highly problematic because they were basically disrespecting the police, undermining the police, and also she made it seem, armed with the assistance of the of the media, especially um, right-leaning publications such as the Daily Mail, made it seem that these protesters were deliberately disrespecting Armistice Day and kind of made people feel like they were going to go and protest around the centre path. When the reality was, both demonstrations, the 
the Remembrance Armistice Day, what's happening in Whitehall, Whitehall's like, towards like London Bridge sides. And then obviously there were peaceful protests were starting off around Park Lane. So two very different areas of London. You're talking about East Central slash South London. And then you're talking about West Central London, Park Lane, Uptown, Uptown. And it happened at different times. There was no, there was never any thought to inter- interrupt the Remembrance Day, nor were the protests and marches even going in that direction. But what Suella Brathman did was ignite people. So you start to see videos online of white males, middle-aged, tend to be gay who football hooligan vibes, EDL vibes, far-right vibes, wanting to come and protect Centre Path because they want to pay their respects to the dead, which, which which is the fair part, and show these terrorists, as some have said, these wokies, another thing. And do what the police won't do. <laughs> That's what they're on, right? So what happened on Saturday? People coming from all over the country got on trains into London. Many were steaming drunk by the time they got in. Many had face coverings, marching towards the centre path, showing videos, showing, yeah, we're here. Unfortunately for these imbeciles, all they all met with was the police. Because, dun-dun-dun, the protesters were nowhere near there. And they were looking for a fight. Because they couldn't find the fight that they wanted, they just fought the police instead. And that's why you saw all the videos you saw online. Do you get what I'm saying? Loads of clashes. Somebody was arrested with a knife. People were throwing missiles at the police, trying to throw the barriers. Swearing. Singing England till we die. And there was many videos we saw of people saying what you would call Islamophobic, racist sentiments. But who is surprised? Tom Robinson, formerly of the EDO, was there, videoing. But apparently, when Ish got cracking, he 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 escaped in a black taxi. To the chagrin of many of his um, comrades. Now, the police did a great job of containing these morons. They were reporting on this all throughout the day. The Met Police were, and they stopped them from attempting to approach the peaceful protesters. Now, the police indicated that these lot were doing a madness and they indicated very clearly that the peaceful protest was very peaceful. There was no physical threats and the only issues they had was towards the end, after the protesters ended, a breakaway group of 150 causing a bit of a ruckus. So there's a reason line. They're, they're, they're throwing fireworks in the air, not at the police. So it's not as terrible. But I think a few people were arrested, but nothing heavy. There were many people, which was making me laugh all day. Um, Naturally, they were white. I'm assuming some were Jewish, some were not. Maybe from the right of the media, I don't know. Showing pictures of people protesting that day with their banners and saying these are hateful. Here's some of the things that they said was hateful. One, a uh, a pretty Asian lady who's who's going to be very popular with the police and with the streets. So good on you. I hope you've got Instagram, you can get some followers had a poster that said that had a picture of a palm tree and coconuts and two coconuts that were fallen were pictures of Suella and Rishi Sunak in 
saying that they're coconuts. Somebody said, I've never seen something more racist. To that person, you definitely haven't been opening your eyes because there's several things more racist said every week. And that's not racist. To imply a member of your community is a coconut, which means they are more aligned with white supremacy than the betterment and protection of your own people. Does not, it's not racist. It's very mean, but it's not racist. Somebody else had a poster that was deemed anti-Semitic because a poster was a picture of Benjamin Yahoo with devil horns and blood all around him with an Israeli and a British tie. That's not anti-Semitic. It's criticism for the Israeli government. Another poster saying Israel's committing genocide, oppression, this, that, the third, and calling the Israeli government snakes. That's, not anti- that's criticism. But that was the Wahala on the peaceful protester side. So yeah, the, um, the Met Police said over 300,000 marched through central London, which is a humongous number. And they said men between the ages of 23 and 75, what are your big age 75 involved in the counter-protest, yeah, were arrested with offences including possession of weapons, public disorder, possession of drugs and assault on an emergency. How can you assault an emergency walker? You bum. Rishi Sunak said, those involved in crimes must face the full force of the law with the despicable actions of the minority of people undermining those who came to express their views peacefully. He also added the EDL thugs attacking police and trespassing the centre path War Memorial has disrespected the honour of the UK armed forces. So that's what happened. What's very interesting is that former David... This is breaking news. Breaking, breaking news. James Cleverly has replaced Willa Braverman as Home Secretary. And former Prime Minister David Cameron, who resigned in 2016 after the referendum went against him, makes a surprise return to government as Foreign Secretary. Wow. So this is what's happening in the political sphere. So Willa, days were numbered. Wow, this is crazy. I'm going to have to do a midweek pod. But yeah, so Willa's gone. They had to get rid of her. And the reason to get rid of her, of course, the political voice now of her was was so strong. Several Tory MPs were furious with her because they're saying that she is making us seem like we're lunatics with her lunatic-like commentary. So they were against her. Also, this is the second time she's broken ministerial code. And the reason why she's broken ministerial for the second time was because of this thing. Any member of the cabinet minister when they're making any public appearance whether it be a written or verbal interview or you're writing an article you have to uh, speak with the communications part of number 10 which is the office of the prime minister to make sure that of course you're in line she's her article was they were made aware of her article they suggested several changes by text and she ignored them so she basically refused the authority of the prime minister and that's why she got panned so yeah there you have it. So, Weller's gone. Another scandal for the Tory party. James Cleverly is now home sec. David Cameron is back in business. And yeah, man. <laughs> I might have to hit you with a midweek pod for, for more political analysis. Obviously, for the dysonomics or daily videos on Times of the News, which obviously is going to drop today. And I will be back talking Middle Eastern conflict as well on the weekend. But peace and blessings. Bow. Sports Social Podcast Network.